This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about Roy Cohn and Donald Trump. For that, we turn to Ivy Mirapol. Her new documentary about Roy Cohn is running now on HBO through July 23rd. It's called Bully, Coward, Victim, The Story of Roy Cohn. Ivy Mirapol is a director and producer of documentaries for film and TV, best known for Indian Point and Heir to an Execution. Ivy, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I guess we should start with your own relationship with Roy Cohn, which of course means your families, just in case some people don't know about that. Sure. So my, uh, my grandparents were Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. Uh, my father is the eldest son, Michael Mirapol. Um, their elders, eldest son, and they were executed in 1953 when my father was 10 and my uncle was seven. And they have kind of gone down in history as the, the so-called Adam spies. The key witness against the Rosenbergs was David Greenglass, the brother of Ethel. He later admitted his testimony was false, but his lie sent his own sister to the electric chair did Roy Cohn, who was the prosecutor in this case, know that David Greenglass was lying about the Rosenbergs? Yes. David Greenglass was coached by Roy Cohn, who was the young, ambitious uh, assistant prosecutor in the case. And he helped create a story. Greenglass had initially said um, when he was first arrested that his sister, Ethel Rosenberg, my grandmother, had nothing to do with this. And then by the time they got to trial, he was had changed his tune. And the story was that she had done the typing. And what that meant was that she had apparently typed up, she had allegedly typed up some notes that would have been passed on to their Soviet handlers. And this wasn't true. And David Greenglass himself admitted it years later um, on a 60 Minutes interview where he was in disguise. Um, and Sam Roberts broke that story. He's a journalist from the New York Times, and he wrote a book called The Brother. People are interested in finding out more about this. So let's clarify at the top here. Julius Rosenberg spied for the Soviet Union, but he didn't give them the secret of the atom bomb. Ethel Rosenberg was innocent. They were framed by the prosecution which apparently wanted them to name higher-ups in the Communist Party as heads of aspiring. This isn't what I say. This is what Alan Dershowitz says in your documentary. Is that the same Alan Dershowitz who was one of Trump's lawyers in his impeachment trial? <laughs> yes, one and the same. This is what how Cohn presented it to, to Dershowitz. They didn't have enough evidence. So he was willing to, as Dershowitz says, embellish and manufacture evidence to, to frame guilty people. And, and that's how Dershowitz puts it. And what does Alan Dershowitz think about, quote, framing guilty people? He condemns what Cohn did. And um, for all of Alan's, you know, more recent actions and that, we, that leaves us all kind of scratching our heads, I think, you know, he's that kind of prosecutorial misconduct would be abhorrent to Alan Dershowitz. Roy Cohn gave us Donald Trump. That's what Michael Mirapol says in your film. What exactly does that mean? How did he do that? So when I set out to make this film, I knew that Cohn and Trump 
were friends and, you know, that Cohn had represented his father, Fred Trump's real estate business, and then Donald Trump's business. Um, but I didn't know much more than that. What we discovered is just how involved Cohn was in planting the seed of the, the in Donald Trump's head that he could be a bigger figure on the national and political stage. He first introduced this Queens boy to the glittering life of New York City. I'm in Manhattan and interested in a lot of power players and the political world that Cone was already inserted in. But more crucially, he can he set him up with journalists like Lois Romano, who's one of our wonderful subjects, who has the memories and notes and tapes of her interviewing Trump at Cone's behest. Cone sets this up to set the stage for Trump to begin making his way into Washington, D.C. And Cohn convinces Trump that he could even envision himself being the nuclear arms negotiator. This is during the Cold War, which is we look at and it's just absurd. But and, and the other crucial thing, and this is pretty timely, again, is that Cohn introduces him to Roger Stone and Paul Manafort, the people who got Trump elected in 2016. So in some ways, the worst thing about Roy Cohn wasn't just the terrible things he did. You show that at least one of the worst things about Roy Cohn was the way the New York elite worked with him, supported him, went to his parties. And we're not talking here just about the mafiosi who who he represented in court. Let's name some names here. Roy Cohn was a master at working in a wide range of circles. And it's no accident that we we have a photo of Chuck Schumer, a young congressman. That is a perfect example of what we're talking about. He cultivated political figures, liberal political figures, Democrats. Um, Norman Mailer became a close friend. He helped Norman Mailer. Norman Mailer helped him, even though they were diametrically opposed, apparently, on so many issues and subjects. Barbara Walters was a dear friend. Um, he cultivated the press. Cy Newhouse was one of his, was his best childhood friend, and they stayed very close. Rupert Murdoch, George Steinbrenner. I remember talking to Jeffrey Epstein years ago, who was who's this you know famous editor of Random House and created the New York Review of Books, a wonderful, intellectual, thoughtful person. And I said, how did you guys, how have everyone wanted to hang out with Cohen all the time? I just don't get it. And he said, you know, he had a black heart, but he was wonderful to be with. <laughs> You, uh, you've been quoted in other interviews saying that uh, despite all the horrible things that Roy Cohn did, and not just to your family, uh, you decided to have a little empathy for him in making this film. Why, why did you want to have empathy for him in this film, and, and how do you do it? To back up, the the first time I started really thinking about Roy Cohn as more than just one of a list of many bad figures in our family history was when I saw the AIDS quilt um, and I was a college student and the first panel we saw was a panel devoted to Cone that says bully coward victim and that's where we borrow our title from and it and it was one of those moments in life where it struck oh, this person this is the guy who prosecuted my grandparents and who is up there with J. Edgar Hoover and my family and my you know my communities um, 
evil list of evildoers, but wow, he was gay and he died of AIDS. So I thought that kind of just that that was the beginning of this this uh, pursuit of empathy. And then I, you know, all these years later, you decide to make a film about someone. You can't. It's not gonna. It's it, it's not gonna be effective if you just you know, um, do, which people really expected me to do, of course, coming from my background, right? That everyone expected this to be the hatchet job um, on Cone, which would really be one note. And my feeling is, if you humanize someone like Roy Cone, if you can make, if you can try to understand some of what, where he was coming from, it doesn't mean you have to forgive him. It's just, it helps him have less power over all of us. I think I think it's a it's a way of diffusing the power and saying here's a, he he's he was a person too who lived in hiding and who did horrible things and obviously specifically to my family but I think that 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 just doesn't get us anywhere. Uh, the New York Times worried about whether you could be quote objective about Roy Cohn. Do you consider objectivity to be an issue? No, I, I wasn't. I never claimed to be objective. That this is all filtered through my experience. Everything about this film, from using angels in America to talking about his life in Provincetown, these are the things that interest me and that intersect with my own life and what and what have made me curious and 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 wanting to know more about Cone. And I would add one thing: the film adheres to the principles of accuracy. All the facts in this film are true facts, and that's a very important thing about it. Absolutely, and thank you for pointing that out, because whether, you know, even though, yes, it's this impressionistic piece in some ways, I am absolutely adamant about having journalistic integrity. Ivy Mirapol's documentary about Roy Cohn, Bully, Coward, Victim, is playing now on HBO On Demand through July 23rd. Ivy, thanks for this film, and thanks for talking with us today. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening.